Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Bench with Brennan and Dallin. I'm Dallin. I'm Brennan. And we have kind of a, a hangout session today. We, uh, we're we going to be sitting down. We're watching the NFL draft. I'm going to be watching it unfold as we're basically sitting here chatting and talking. So we, uh, we're excited about this show. Yeah, I don't know if we'll end up doing the whole draft, but we'll definitely get through the first 10, 15 picks, kind of just see how long the draft goes. And so kind of what we plan on doing um, is just we'll, we'll react to the picks as they come up, talk about any trades, obviously some huge news today and over this week with the NBA, sorry, with the NFL, also with the NBA. So we'll kind of, in between picks, we'll just, we'll kind of chat about other stuff, not exactly go the whole time about the picks, but we'll kind of hit everything, but with the overall theme of watching the draft. Absolutely. Um, and I even wanted to make a quick note about the, the Diamondbacks. Uh, I know we're kind of getting into almost into full swing of baseball season, but uh, they've been quite a quite a surprise on the early part of the season. I know expectations were probably not very high, you know, seeing that it was a pretty young team. But, um, you know, probably in the coming weeks, we'll we'd be doing a little bit more of a dive into the Diamondbacks. But they've been an early season surprise. Yeah, what I've been really surprised about, I mean, Gallen, he started the season rough. His first two starts weren't great. I mean, against, yeah. against LA and against San Diego, but he's the what the MLB strikeout leader right now as of yeah. last night. And then he has 28 scoreless innings. So again, he's going on another huge streak, which is awesome. I mean, really, he's turning into an ace. And like, he's a guy that you put all your eggs in that basket. I mean, he's he's been awesome and he's young. I think that trade... Is what Miami got Jazz Chisholm, who's also played really well. He's been too, playing so very well, yeah. It's one Absolutely. of those unique, like, win-wins, both kind of <laughs> got superstars. One, of, Yeah, one of the rare trades where it works out for both teams, and, you're, and both teams are just, you know what, we're happy. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that. Other D-backs news, so Bumgarner got designated for assignment. He yes, get he picked did. up, so they released him. And it, I think it was time. It, it was time. I think it was past time. Yeah. But, yeah you know what? He... he was basically kind of just surviving on his name alone. Yeah. Like you just hear the name Madison Bumgarner and you and you think about the teams that he was on with the Giants and you know the the domination that he had back then. But way past the the twilight of his career. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think especially because last season he kind of did the same where he started off rough and then he kind of turned into a we'll say for the level that we were at a serviceable somewhat yeah year. somewhat righted the ship but to an extent. Yeah, but it's like I feel like this year they really thought, okay, we can compete. We might let's push for a wild card, and you can't have Bumgarner even as your number five. Like, yeah. guys, ERA was in the tens. It's, yeah, it's just not going to cut it. No, and I think and I even heard this comparison on the radio, and I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet. But they were talking about Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. How Merrill Kelly has been, while he hasn't maybe been like dominant, he's just been very steady. Very yes. steady. And the comparison they were making was back when the Diamondbacks had Johnson and Schilling. And I'm like, yep. I don't think they're, they're quite to that level, but Zach Gallon is really kind of cementing himself as the next great Diamondback ace. And yeah. then Merrill Kelly has just been a strong, solid pitcher and has just he's just as steady as they come. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you get Gallon, you know, hey, we don't have to score. What, they scored two runs last night, yeah. and they won. So it's like yep. he gets to the seventh. You don't need to score that many runs. With Kelly, it's like, yeah, he's probably going to give up a couple runs. He's probably going to be sitting in the threes. Yeah. But he's not. He's very rarely going to have those games where just everything implodes. Or he's going to be like, 
He only gave up three runs, but he's at 90 pitches, and it's the fourth inning. Yes. Like, it's nice because it's he's going to make it to the sixth inning, make it to seventh, save your bullpen, and keep it competitive. Not be like, well, it's third inning, and the game's over, and we got to get into our bullpen because it's 10 yeah. nothing. Like Exactly, yeah. And then, you, and then you just use up your bullpen. They just get super tired, and then, yeah, it just puts you in a bind going yeah. into the next games later on, you know? Yeah, Corbin Carroll, he's played really well so far. I've been really impressed with him. The other outfielders, I know, so Lewis, who came over, who was the Rookie of the Year, AL Rookie of the Year from the Mariners, he's been sick. He's been on the 10-day DL. Yeah. Uh, they just sent down Jake McCarthy because he just, either people figured him out from last year, but he definitely needed to get back in AAA, get... Yeah, he kind of lost that initial like that initial spark that he had. Yeah, and whether he's pushing hard right now, I mean, Alec Thomas is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, but luckily Evan Longoria's picked it up. I mean, um, now you have Nick Ahmed, you kind of can offset Geraldo Parma, not having to play him as many games. Yeah, which Evan Longoria has been a nice surprise. Yeah. I, I I feel like that signing was just like, oh yeah, he's a veteran voice. You know, he's been there, he's done that. He's kind of just coming to help these young guys round into shape, but he's actually been a, a key contributor. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's been he's been a nice surprise. No, he's been awesome. And then um, Moreno, he's their the, Gabriel Moreno, who's their their pitcher or their catcher, who catcher, they got yeah. they traded Varsho for. He's played really well. I mean, he's which to which around which I liked Varsho, and yeah, I, I liked the player that he was turning into. So that was kind of a bittersweet, but. Um, actually watching this team play on a night, nightly basis, they, they are looking a lot better than I thought they would. So, Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good season. If they're, I think even if it's just, hey, they're competitive, they play over 500 ball, and they're up, they're in the wild card race till the end, I think, this is, I think it's a great season. That puts us in a very good position going forward into the yep. next few years because these guys are only going to get more experienced, more more you know of that under their belt. Yep. It only it only bodes well for the future. And so. you still have a lot of you have Jordan Lawler, who's their shortstop for the future. Yep. Um, what's who the, the kid they just drafted the second overall pick? Um, uh, Jones. Andrew Jones, and yeah, Jones his, his junior. Yep. So he's gonna get another outfielder that's gonna be coming up. So I mean, they, and they have a lot of guys, a lot of young arms coming up through the the, the ranks too. So it's uh, it's good. It's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. Super exciting year for the D-backs. Yep. Well, um, the NFL draft is looks like they're it's kind of getting underway. They're doing the uh, the kind of the pre-show festivities here with the the Chiefs and yep, being in Kansas City, <laughs> they're they're showing off that trophy. But uh, yeah, as we kind of wait for the draft, uh, I kind of wanted to glaze over a little bit. I did oh, I did okay, see that okay, a little bit of the news. I did <laughs> well. That was one of the things that I was going to mention was finally coming to terms. Like, yep. It was kind of almost a foregone conclusion that he was going to be gone. But You really felt like he was going to be gone. But then the same time, it was just like, hey, he just wanted that money. And so you got to think that, well, he's the highest paid player now. Yep. Um, after the Jalen Hurts deal. And really, it's probably all he wanted. was like, hey, I want to be the highest guy. Yeah. In, in next year, when Burrow comes up and Herbert, he's going to get surpassed. But at least until now, like, he got what he wants. And he, and he deserves it. I mean, he, yeah. And I think I think the Ravens knew, like, what else are we going to do? Like, really, really <laughs> what else were they going to do? What, what would they have done at quarterback if he was if he to walk? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I don't know. So, well, Carolina's officially on the clock right now. And one of the things that I was wanting to talk about was a lot of the rumors that are out there now (laughs) are saying that Carolina's going to be taking Bryce Young. 
Yes, Bryce Young. Well, did you How see? he's become like kind of the odds-on favorite to be selected number one. Well, did you see the Will Levis thing? I, I did see that too. The, the he Reddit, was the Reddit skyrocketing. User, the Reddit user who likes some random dude was like, "Yeah, I've been hearing," and it's like I, I listened to another podcast, and they're like, "This Reddit user has had this post." And some other posts like four years ago. Yeah. But it like Vegas just, odds but moved. But it caught steam or it, was, it gained steam and just yeah. started rolling downhill. I'm like, wait, what is happening right now? So it was wild. But yeah, I think I think Bryce Young makes sense. Um, there is so I, I had predicted that they would take C.J. Stroud, but apparently C.J. Stroud is kind of slipping on the board. It's gonna be interesting to see how far if he so. slips far because the Texans. You, I, I read an article today that said, okay, you know what? They actually are leaning quarterback. But as of yesterday, they were thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll draft Will Anderson or we'll trade out of this spot. I mean, I think they were just trying to see – I think part of it was just trying to see, hey, what could we potentially get in a trade right now? Like, Yeah. If we yeah. say we're not interested in quarterback, does someone say, okay, well, hey, we'll give you this to move up to two? Yeah. And if they liked what they got – Maybe they decide to take it, but I th- in the end, I think you can't just go to another. I mean, you're just asking your fan base again to have another season of just misery. Like, well, because you think about it, the Texans who they've always had a quarterback struggle or a quarterback issue. Like, yep. when when have they had a good quarterback? It was Deshaun Watson, and that's a couple years ago. Even still, then they were even then, yeah, they won like five games. They weren't great. Yeah, so. so that's- and then you go back to when they drafted, you know, like David Carr back in the day when he was supposed to be like their franchise quarterback. Yep, their first pick. And we all know how that turned out. So uh, the, with the rumors of Carolina taking Bryce Young and then the Texans possibly not even taking a quarterback, just skipping out on that. So one I saw was the Texans were would take Will Anderson. So if that were to transpire – then I think it might make sense for the Cardinals to, to move back. Yeah, I think, I think so. if they get to that spot where Will Anderson is off the board at number three, pull the pull the trigger on the trade. Yep, like I trade agree. back, pick up some more picks, possibly even a player, whatever there. But if he, if Will Anderson is there when you get to that point, now I have been hearing too that Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech has been skyrocketing yep. up the board. And how thing. he could potentially be the first pass or uh, edge rusher off the board, potentially, not necessarily that he's a better player than Will Anderson, but that he apparently has more potential or more upside, and teams really value that. So yeah, I think what people, I think what teams really liked is that I think he, Will Anderson has the higher floor, but maybe not as high of a ceiling. Where you know, okay, we're gonna get a really good player, but maybe not like elite, elite. Where I think then you look at the Texas Tech edge, and it's like maybe his floor is a little bit lower, but his ceiling has the potential to be higher. So it's like, yeah. do you gamble on the ceiling, or do you gamble on the floor? And I think for the Cardinals, like you gamble on the floor. You you got to get dudes who are just gonna be able to ball, like who at their at, at their worst are still just solid, good players. You yes. Know? So I think people were kind of leaning on. Okay, we saw this Will Anderson at Alabama. We saw what he's capable of. We kind of know what he can do game in, game out. This Tyree Wilson, we've seen a bits and pieces of him. We've also seen that he's kind of a physical specimen. He's like 6'6", yep. like 270. So he's a big guy. But apparently he's only scratching the surface of what he has potential or what he's capable of. So Yeah. And it's interesting. Hard. And it's hard because it's like you get these dudes. So Tyree Wilson played at Texas Tech. So he's not playing that elite, elite competition that right. like guys out of the SEC are playing. And like exactly. as much as like I don't like the SEC, like you, it, 
There's no denying. There's no denying the dudes. Exactly. I mean, they're playing other NFL caliber guys. So week yeah. in and week out, there's dudes on the other roster who are going to be third round picks, fourth round picks. Dudes who are going to play in the league where it's like, yep. yeah, you're playing Kansas and none of those guys are getting drafted. Or you're playing just you're playing these schools where they're not going to have a lot of a lot of high draft picks, a lot of draft picks in general. So it's always, I think, a gamble, especially. Especially like it's like you said, like I think there's a lot of upside, but it's like, do we also trust? And maybe with the Son Reddick, what the what the coaching staff Gannon showed last year, like you should trust that they have the ability to develop a dude because we had Reddick, yeah. yeah, we could develop him. Goes to goes the there and look what happens. <laughs> so it's like maybe you do put some more trust in, like, hey, if he can develop him, if they feel like he has the higher upside, we can develop him, then you take him. I definitely have over the course of a few weeks that you know since the last podcast that we had about the draft. I have kind of, I don't know about shifted my mindset, but I have kind of opened my mind a little bit more because before I was like, draft Will Anderson, that he's the solution. Yep. Now I've been kind of seeing a little bit of, you know what, maybe there is some merit in this Tyree Wilson. And yeah. like you were saying, maybe now that we have a different GM, we have a different head coach, we have these guys who are maybe are able to develop more, um, then maybe you do take a gamble on Tyree Wilson. Um, but again, all of that's, you know, speculative, and it, it, a lot of it depends on what happens with one and two right now. So, yep, yeah, a lot of it depends on what Houston decides to do, and if Arizona. I mean, I, I think they would love to trade back. I think as much as I think both of us want them to draft Will Anderson or maybe even Tyree Wilson, um, I think their goal. I, I, they would love if they could trade back. They would love if they could just get more picks. They know they're not going anywhere this year. This everything I've read is that this is. It would suck because they would probably have to trade. Maybe if they could stay in the top seven, but everyone says this is like a seven-player blue chip court like draft. Like yeah, seven yeah. dudes who are going to. Where Guaranteed. most years it's fifteen, sixteen guys. Yes. This year it's a lot less. A lot less. And so it's like okay, maybe we get picks for next year, and we go from there. I, okay, the Panthers pick is in. So Panthers all, pick is in. If all goes according to plan, we should see Bryce Young off the board here. And then maybe the draft really starts with whatever I, Texas decides to do. I, yeah, probably. Well, and, and I don't know if you saw this too, but I saw earlier that there was a tweet or something from Mike Florio, who's a, a mm-hmm. pretty big name, who had said that apparently there was almost a done deal between Arizona and Tennessee. I, I Arizona saw that. trading back and sending D Hop yep. to him yep. to trade back to eleven, and then getting more picks. And I'm like. But then I also heard from it was Ian Rappaport who Which tweeted out and said D Hop wasn't included in there, that it was there was talks about trading back. So, I, I mean, obviously leading up to the draft, there's always all these rumors and the speculation. No one ever knows what's going to happen. But I don't know, man. It's it's kind of making me nervous. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you could kind of do a little combo package like that, and you 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 trade D Hop with what they wanted to do this whole this whole off season, it just gives you more picks, or maybe gets you a better pick. Maybe it's instead of getting yeah. a, 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 a second rounder next year, or just a first rounder next year, nothing after, maybe a third rounder this year. It's like okay, well, you get that first rounder and that second rounder next year. You just get more because you're you're offering more. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, 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 the Oh, man, here he goes right here. Here's Roger Goodell. He's going to announce it. There so, he so is. So Bryce Young. So it is okay. Bryce Young. Okay. So it makes sense. And and I, I, I think I heard, or I, I don't know exactly how they were determining it, but I guess it's, it's a combination between height and weight that he is the smallest quarterback to yes. be taken 
in terms of height weight combination so that is going to be interesting to see it definitely is and i think what people people are looking at it's okay well you look at the guys who are around his same height weight that got drafted recently it's it's uh it's kyler and yep. it's um russell wilson russell. Yep. but they but people go look at it and they go well physically both kyler and russell wilson were bigger yeah, thicker absolutely. Bodies. yeah and yeah. it's like bryce young is a slender slender dude he is and and up to this point he has been able to kind of avoid avoid the big hit injury, injury. and you know but uh, these NFL guys they they they're they're stronger they're faster they hit harder so i mean it it'll it'll be interesting to see yeah it's definitely going to be it's going to be a real skill for him to stay healthy because it's i mean the best guy who did it was, was Drew Brees i mean that historically i mean Russell Wilson stayed healthy for a long time too but it's like you got yeah. Drew Brees you got cuz Kyler has not had a great bill of health so it's like nope Drew Brees Russell Wilson and what did they both do none of them took big hits but out and Brees really never ran no, no, and I don't exactly. think I don't think Young's game is built around a lot of scrambling and running like Kyler. No, he, he still has that ability, but it's not it's not exactly like it's not dependent on that. Yeah. you know where it's like if if he doesn't get out and run, he's so one dimensional, and teams can just focus in on that. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be more along the lines of, hey, I'm just gonna throw the ball away right now, like. I don't have this. Uh, yeah, maybe I have four yards in front of me. I could pick up, but I'm just gonna get rid of it. Let's save, let's save it for another. another yeah, play. I think that's something he's been very good at, and, and is why he doesn't take those hits, and why he's been able to survive. So yeah, far. no, definitely. <laughs> All right, so Bryce Young's off the board. Bryce Young off the board. Mm, man. So let's while we're waiting for this next pick. Let's go ahead and jump into the NBA. I mean, really, all the series are absolutely wild. It's been an insane first round so far. Let's let's kind of start with the Suns because I do want to get. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on just they end up four one, kind of what we predicted. Like, and I don't think maybe in the order of them getting beat the first game. Yeah, but it's four one. They lose the first game, come back, and never really. I feel like every game besides maybe game four. They were trailing at some point, trailing by like eight points at least. Yeah. So before I get my, so before I, I I go, on, I want to hear what you think of just how do they look, concerns. What what do you, what was positive for them? What do you think? I'm still so I I mean I had them winning this series in yep. four or five games. I mean I I didn't necessarily I don't know if I had said that it was going to be a sweep, but I definitely thought by five games we would have we would have won it. Um, I. <sighs> I'm still a little bit uneasy because yeah. I feel like we should have handled them a little bit easier than that. Yeah. However, I'm kind of putting a positive spin on it and thinking that, okay, this team, the Clippers team, was scrappy. Yes. They refused to quit, and I'm, I'm especially referencing this last this closeout game where yeah. we had that third quarter from for the ages, Huge scored league. a franchise record 50 points in that thir- in that quarter. Had like a 16, 18-point lead, something like that. Clippers could have just packed it in and said, all right, we're done. But to their credit, they kept fighting, and they really gave us a run for our money. Yeah. And I was sweating bullets at the end of that game. But I do think that this whole series and this whole experience is only going to benefit the Suns because it, it forced them to dig deep. It forced them to be resilient and to 
literally just stand there and withstand all the blows that the Clippers were throwing at him and still come out on top. So I think in the end, it's it's a little bit un, unnerving initially, but I think in the in the long run, it's going to serve us well because we we were able to take a team's best shot without obviously their superstars, but. Tyron Lue's a hell of a coach, man. That guy, yeah. that oh, guy dude. knows how to X's and O's. and knows how coach. to, you know. But I think it's gonna it's gonna help us in the long run. Yeah, I think a couple things. Okay. I Texas picks in, so when they go up, we'll, we'll cut to it. But so on a positive note, I definitely felt like okay. Positive note: book is insane, and Katie's a monster. Like those dudes, just shot making ability was. Absolutely insane. I mean, just, just wow. Book book is one of my favorite dudes to watch. In terms of just his pure scoring ability, Steph is fun to watch because Steph has crazy threes and really good layups for him. It's an exciting player to watch. But Booker just the, just the different ways he gets to spots and his shots are just wild. Like he's so much fun to watch. I, it's like he can he can score from anywhere on the court. I mean, he may not have Steph range. Or consistency. But anytime he crosses half court, he can score from anywhere on the floor. Yeah. And that makes that makes him so dangerous. And and really, like you think about this team, it's like they're so opposite of what the league is in terms of just three and D. Like yeah. KD, I mean that while they shoot threes, it's like CP3's best shot is that little little elbow jumper three. Yep. KD's assassin from anywhere, but really he hits a lot of twos. Books love shooting mid-range shots. Like really crazy how how much mid-range, but it works because they're they're shooting the lights out of the ball. Absolutely. Oh. I, I didn't love that they put they had to play so many minutes every that, game. Yep, that was the it's one. Always forty plus minutes. Okay, all right, hold on, we'll come back, we'll hold that thought. So Texans. Oh, oh, so they do go the quarterback route, and they go Strava. I think a lot of people wow. were thinking he was going to fall. Well, I I know it came out that he had you know that the Wonderlic test that they oh, usually do. Yeah, they, they call it the S two test now. And he, did he he bombed that thing, but they were talking about it on the radio Bickley and Murata, they, they were saying like, hey, maybe this is a case of okay, maybe some people don't necessarily learn or they're not good test takers. They're not you know, but it doesn't deny what he can do on the football field, kind of thing. So. Texans are taking a shot on him. I mean, and, and you think about it, watching that game, the, the college football semifinal where he, I mean, he almost beat Georgia by himself. He did. <laughs> almost beat Georgia by himself. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was hurt, so he wasn't playing. So he has his, his number one receiver gone. They lost a lot of guys. They lost, what, uh, Garrett Wilson to the league last year. Um, yeah. Chris Olave to the league last year. So, I mean, he loses essentially his top three receivers, two in the draft last year. Now he still he still first, had Marvin Harrison Jr. Still Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, <laughs> he's going to be a first-round pick next that year. That guy's going to be a good player. But, man, I mean, that's the thing. is like I think you put on his film, you put on that last game where Georgia just steamrolls people, and he yeah. he's lighting them up. And really, yeah. they're, a, they're like a roughing the passer. Because, um, what, there was the throw in the end zone that I think Harrison got knocked out of the game on. Yes. That should have been called a penalty, wasn't. And also, so obviously, there's the penalty that doesn't get called. He loses his best receiver in that play, and he stills out their ball. And, like, nobody did what he did to Georgia. And I think if I was a coach, if I was, oh, and I was a GM, I'd be like, okay, the best defense that has, dra- that has dudes going to the league like crazy 
he almost beat him by himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's that's what what his his rebuttal was to all these people saying, "Oh, well, your your score was terrible. You're gonna fall down the draft board." He's like, "Look at my tape. Yep. Look, you know, it's totally different when it comes to actually playing on the field than what you can do on a on a test or or on paper, or whatnot." So yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. So okay, uh, so Cardinals are on the clock, man. Let's see if they trade out. I. Oh man, I want to see Will Anderson's name so bad. I hope so. I will understand if they trade back because you know what, you get more picks. You you try to set yourself up for the future. Now I don't know if it's just me having that recency bias of we've been so terrible in drafts lately. Yes. But obviously, knowing that it's a new regime, it's a new new decision maker. I still kind of have that <laughs> that, that mental beer. block where I'm like, I don't know if I want them. Trading back for more picks because I don't know if it's going to work. If they, yeah, I think we're able to draft those dudes. Yeah. Draft them well. It depends on your ability to draft and to, to scout and to know talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so while we're waiting for that. So, so, like I said, I don't love that that book and Katie had to play so many minutes in the first round. But I think it came down to like just the Clips never gave up. Like maybe other teams give up. I mean, the Clippers, Russ was never going to give up. No. Um, which, yeah, you, you give him props, man. That guy's motor is just unbelievable. Yeah. And ever since he moved to the Clippers, ever since he got released or traded and then released, I mean, he played so much better. I I really think, I think it was a good experience for us. And it makes me, I, I think their play of pace, they're just going to go and go and go. And I don't think Denver's the same way. I mean, outside of yeah. really, lo- looking at the West, you have the Kings who are probably, Kings might lose. I think so. If the Kings lose and the Grizzlies lose, those are the two teams that kind of play that same way: frenetic, super fast, go go go. Yes. If you look at it, so let's say let's just say the Lakers win, the Golden State wins, and we're playing Denver. Like all three of those teams are going to slow it down. They're not going to yeah. just try to run you down. And I think that plays a benefit into what we're doing. I think that does, yeah, because like you said, the Warriors, the Lakers, they're older teams. Yep. I mean, they do have young players, but. Overall, as an aggregate, they are older teams, so they're they're Their not stars as are older. yeah they're not as much of a run and gun type team. So that would play into our favor, and I do think a Warriors Lakers matchup is a lot more enticing to the league and to networks <laughs> yes. than Kings Grizzlies or Kings whoever Grizzlies yep. whoever. But so Lakers Warriors is definitely the matchup that they want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do think that the minutes thing was concerning. However, I'm also looking at it as this is the time to put everything aside and to like this is where it counts. So I do think that the more minutes that our stars get together and play together and get a feel for each other on the court, which I think up to this point it has been working very well, the mm-hmm. more minutes they get together, it's only going to benefit us. But I do get that point of, you know, KD's what 34 34, yep. Yeah, Chris Paul's th- going to be 38 here in like a couple weeks. So, I mean, they're not able to be playing that many minutes on such a harsh schedule, you know, where in some series you're playing every other night. You're playing 44 yep. minutes. You know, you're getting four minutes of rest each game. <laughs> I think what's nice is that obviously they were able to close it out in five, so now they're getting a f- almost a week off or like four or five days off. So they're getting a lot of time to recover. Definitely helpful. Um and I do like the matchup against the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets, 
okay, I'll say this also concerned me, is that we weren't as deep as I thought we were going to be. I mean, maybe that's campaign, maybe it's, but it's like really, yeah. then it makes me afraid to be like, we're putting all of our hopes on campaign, like to make it, it does help us with depth. That does scare me. <laughs> but it's like, man, we. Oh dear. Trade alert. Okay. They did trade okay, back. Okay, so we traded back. Oh boy. So Cardinals have traded to Dude. the Tech. Wait, where? What? Oh, the Texans? Okay, so. The Texans were like, what, 5th to 12? They were number 12. So they were 12. So we traded no back to the. No way. So the Texans must really want. Are they going to go an edge guy or are, are they, they going to. Wow. I did okay. not see that one coming. To the Texans. So I they mean, get maybe... back to back, they get two and three. So maybe they must be give. Oh, they have a first rounder next. They have two first rounders next year. So I yeah. wonder if we're going to get one of those. You really got to think we might. If, if that was a good, yeah, it might, might be because that was a big offer. And you probably got to think that maybe Indiana was offering us something. Maybe um, Titan, Titans, maybe not. But like you had to think that there was maybe another team. Okay, so I'm curious to see what what comes back in this trade. I hope it's. You got to hope it's something decent. So. My initial reaction to this is I sincerely hope that Will Anderson does not go on to be this Hall of Fame player. <laughs> in Seattle in two picks? Oh, no. Okay, don't remind me of that. Hopefully the Texans take him, and it doesn't matter. And you know what? He's in the other division, so who cares? That's I, true. It would suck if he goes on to be amazing. This is huge for the Texans, though. If, if these guys, whoever they end up drafting here... If they go back-to-back back and dudes hit? If they, yeah, if they end up working out for him, the Texans are going to be a scary team. So pick is um, in. Pick is in. Okay, I the pick is in his eyes. I want to see what we got because man, see the 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 thought process. My thought process on this is okay. It's it's great trading back and getting more picks, but I don't necessarily the odds of finding a difference maker later in the draft is a, they're a lot smaller. Yes. So, you know, these obviously no nothing's a sure thing, but the odds of them being these dynamite you know, yeah. I don't know these dynamite players is a lot less in the later rounds of the draft. So I mean so maybe Indiana didn't offer us as much as they offered. Damn. Yep, okay. So, so they did Texans go they... back to back with <gasps> CJ Shot and Will Anderson. Oh man. So it'll be interesting to see what we get. Because realistically if you're thinking about it Maybe the culture is like, okay, for the Texans draft, if the Texans trade up and they still want somebody, they don't have to worry about, man. Okay. All right. We'll see. Let's see All what right. we get. Let's yeah, see what I we guess, get from I guess them. we'll see. Because that's going to determine a lot. I mean, the fact, like we, we, we said earlier, though, that everyone always said this was like a seven-dude draft. Like, yeah, dude dudes. that's true. And it's like, we definitely aren't getting one of those. And on that, and that's part of why I was like, don't trade back because... Oh, you know what I heard today? <sighs> okay, so I heard that Kyler was saying he really liked Parrish Johnson. Yes. Little, so if this is like... And he's well, about that range of like where the, the Titans and the Texans were, so maybe... Like, I, I think he'd be a great. I mean, I, if we get him, it's a great pick. But like, man, I hope that does not influence. Like, okay, well, Kyler likes this dude, so let's trade back. Let's get some picks, and then let's draft this guy. Kyler likes. It's like I don't care if Kyler's here next year in two years. If we have Caleb Williams, I'd be totally fine with it. Ugh. Oh yeah, I don't. I mean, it's great. We get a left tackle. We need we need every position, so it doesn't matter. But like. He might even be gone too, just looking at the board, looking at who's. Up. Well, and and here's the thing too: is if they traded back, so now now the Cardinals are at number twelve, 
if they traded back to hopefully get Paris Johnson, what if he's not there by then? Yeah, what if he's gone? And you traded back specifically to get him. If you trade back to get him, or yeah, maybe, maybe they have their eyes on one if of these other. You got to have a couple other guys, but boy, that's... that that Peter uh, Skaronski out, yep. out of North Northwestern. Or if you're looking at a cornerback because you just lost in in the year in two years, I wouldn't lost. I wouldn't mind going a corner. So I, maybe looking at Christian Gonzalez out of Cause, Oregon. Yeah, because I think Witherspoon's probably going to be gone by then. Yep. So maybe a Christian Gonzalez who they say is like a freak athlete. So. Maybe we go that route. Oh, it kind of feels like a punch in the gut just a little it bit. It does, yeah. Especially because it's not yeah, one of those teams so, that you would think. Well, and it's so far back. Like, I would have been fine if it, even if it was like, if the Raiders wanted to move up. But, like, maybe the Raiders were just like, yeah, we're cool. We'll just sit. Like, we have Jimmy G. We don't really need to move up. Like, we could if, it, if we can get it cheap. I, I think I think they would have moved up if they were in love with a guy. But, but. Um, and I always reference this show because I, I listen to them all the time, but Dan Bickley on Bickley and Murata said maybe the mindset of these teams has kind of shifted to where if they don't love the player, they're not going to give a King's Hall to move up to hopefully get a guy that might work out. Yeah. You know, so maybe they're kind of shifting that, that narrative of we're only going to move up if we know for sure this is the guy that we want yeah, and this the is guy. the guy who's going to be in our system. Yep. If it's like, yeah. So, oh, oh, yeah. I definitely felt like a, just, a just punch a, in the gut. Just a slight one. <laughs> so back, so back to the Suns. So, I like our matchup with Denver. I think that while our depth was kind of alarming, how I felt like how little depth we had. I feel like, Whoa. I feel like in our positions that we are. Um, strong at I, I feel like again we I feel like there's no one that's going to guard KD on on Denver and there's no one that's going to guard Book so like again you just you, you roll in the dice again with hey we got two dudes who are pretty much unguardable and they don't really have anyone you can hide CP3 on KCP Davis Caldwell Pope you can hide him there um, you're not going to it all comes down to Jokic and I think how healthy Michael Porter Jr. is. Because if he's healthy yeah. hitting shots, it's going to yeah. be tough. But it's... And, and them, you know, them having Jamal Murray back is a yep. huge thing. Because last time we played them, we swept them, but they didn't have Jamal Murray. It was literally just Jokic and his cast of characters. <laughs> yes. But legitimately with Jokic and Murray, they're a, a solid one-two punch. Oh, did you see this? I just saw this. The Eagles I, and Cardinals swapped draft picks because yes. of Jonathan Gannon tampering agreement. Said the, the Cardinals lost their own third round pick and they picked up a later selection because of a tampering in the hiring process. That's actually what I was looking at on my phone here. So, so the oh, Eagles picked man. up the ninety fourth pick and a twenty twenty four fifth rounder for the sixty sixth pick. Oh boy. So now, so oh man, so now we have the twelfth pick, then we have our second rounder, and then so you we, said so you said the Eagles picked up the ninety sixth pick. No, no. So the Eagles picked up our sixty-six, the pick, and we, okay. we and we dropped back to ninety-four. Okay. So they essentially picked up the our like a top of the f- first round, yeah. And we picked up the little end of sorry, the top of the third round. We picked up the end of the third end round, the third and round. also to get a fifth rounder and a next fifth year. rounder next year. Okay. So I haven't seen the results though. That's wild that that just happened. Okay. 
That's what it is. Trade alerts. What? I, and here's the thing, too. The Cardinals tampered in their hiring of, of Jonathan Gannon. I'm like, I don't think that we had that many candidates left. So how did we tamper in that? And I, that's just it's mind-boggling. Just when you think the team has kind of like turned a corner, there, there's <laughs> there's always something that comes out like this. It just reminds you, man, we are just cursed. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, so, oh, gosh. Like, how, is it tampered because they were talking? I, I mean, I guess we'll have to read a little bit more yeah, about Yeah, to figure how? out exactly why or how. All right, Colts pick is in, huh? They did, go. they did go Richardson. I think we called that one. Yep. I was like, if, if they didn't go for Lamar, they might take Richardson. Yep, and I think that's, I mean. All right. The Colts I, have uh, have their quarterback. Colts have their quarterback. Okay, so I'm reading this real quick. So Cardinals, so let's see what happens. So so it was self-reported, and Monty Osmond had a phone conversation days following the NFC Championship game, a period which contact is not permitted under the league's, like, yeah. Is that a rookie mistake because you don't understand that as a GM? Like, how? Probably. I mean, oh, we just didn't understand that. See, this is the thing. It's like, oh, one thing after another. Yeah, it's like, how do you not? Again, maybe it's just a rookie mistake. You don't realize. But the guy was in front offices. He had to know, like, hey. Yeah. You don't. Oh, my gosh, man. That, again, it's just I, like every corner, Jess, it feels like. Okay, ooh, okay, okay. So here's the trade alert. Here's the trade details on the Cardinals' Twitter. So the Cardinals gave up first rounder this year, obviously the third round, yep. third pick, and, a, and our fourth round pick, the 105. We get this year's 12th, next year's, sorry, this year's 12th, this year's second, next year's first, and their next year's fourth round pick. Okay, third, so those, third round. Okay, so those are some pretty high picks. So, yeah, all right. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's not... I mean, essentially, we'll go back-to-back in the second round. We'll pick up we'll have the 33rd pick and the 34th pick. Okay. So, I mean, you still get some pretty good players, which didn't... Uh, Byron Murphy, when we drafted him, I think we drafted second him around round. thirty, around 34, 33 yep. maybe. But So, we, you can find some good players. So, I think the big thing... Okay. So, the... Okay, so in whole is essentially a first and a second and a third... I don't, I don't hate that necessarily. I think we'll have, so we'll have a really high draft pick next year. That's going to be our own. Maybe the Texans are a 500 team. So we're going to have maybe two picks in the top 20, yeah. top 15, yeah. and then a third round. I can't say I hate it. Yeah, no. I mean, so obviously this tells you that they have the mindset of we're just gathering and stockpiling draft picks. We are just geared toward the future. Now, drafting a, a, a position player is still positioning you for a better future, but mm-hmm. I guess the more cracks at it you have, the better the odds, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> so my prediction right here with the, with the Seahawks on the board or on the, on the clock, I, I'm thinking that they go Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, or and he's going to terrorize us. <laughs> or do they feel real comfortable, Jalen Carter? Do they feel like we have the we have the team and the head coach and the and you the, know what I and the culture to? I, yeah, I think you might be onto something right there. Actually, I wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if that's where he went. Maybe they feel like okay, it's a little too rich. Maybe maybe just some of the stuff scared him off. But you have that man. What if they go like left field and draft like Bijan Robinson? They could. I think they like Walker they, though. I think last year I think they were I think they were happy with Walker. Yeah, no, dude's a dude's a beast, man. That guy can 
he's one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah. So I, I think they're, they're fine right there. But so if I mean, there was a lot of speculation that Bijan Robinson wasn't or he was going to be drafted in the top 10. What if he's there at 12? Do you think we take a chance on him? Are we okay with James Conner? And then oh, I know we drafted a running back this last draft or two drafts ago, Keontae Ingram. Yep, he was late around those six. Yeah, round he's round. a late round one. Man, if he's do you take there? a chance? Because I know the whole stigma behind it is don't waste a high draft pick on a running back because they get so chewed up and spat out because they 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 have such high usage rates. Yep. That you don't want to waste a high draft pick on him, but I am also under the impression of if he's a good talent like like Bijan Robinson is, I don't know, man. Well, and I think I the thing everyone says is like, if you look at strictly just talent alone, everyone I read was like, he's he's a top three pick. Like the yeah. dude is one of the most talented. He's like considered one of those blue chippers, but because he's a running back, it's hard to evaluate him. It's That's hard the to think. Like, I would be, I would be, I, okay, so it's twofold. And I think a lot of things, I think, I always think the good and the bad. I, I would be really excited for because I think that he's just a great player. Now, the downside is, is obviously he's going to get, a, he's going to get miles put on him this coming season that are going to work mean nothing. Yes, that's true. And so that maybe the team goes, hey, we draft him and we just, and we don't just grind him into the ground. Just stick with Connor as your main James Connor with you as your main back, and then maybe have him come in here and there. Yes, yeah. and I think if that, and I think if that was how it would was to play out, like if we could get him at twelve, and we decide, okay, hey, he's our running back for the future. This year is not the future, so we're not going to give him four hundred carries. We're going to be like, cool. You're gonna you're gonna play thirty percent of the time. We're gonna get you introduced. But we're not going to just get you murdered and yeah. wear your body down in for, season one. For nothing. For four wins, three wins, two wins. Like, yeah. I, I would be okay with that. But if but if they drafted him and they're like, cool, this is our bell cow and this season, we have no quarterback this season, so we're going to run him into the yeah, ground. Run the ball, like, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah, don't do that. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's all saying if he's if he's there. But if he's there, yeah. Oh, man. So we'll, 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 we'll at least stay around to 12. See what we get for for the Cardinals drafts. Yeah. So while we're waiting for Seattle to make their selection, one thing I wanted to talk about with the Suns and with Devin Booker, the dude is on another level right now. Yeah, he is. With the way he is playing, is otherworldly. Now, so with the exception of Jimmy Butler, I would say that he is the best player in the playoffs right now. On both ends of the court, this is just purely. Offensive and defensive, um, yeah, situation here. But I think that outside of Jimmy Butler, because what he that guy is doing right now is insane. Yeah, Devin Booker is the best player in the playoffs up to this point. I would agree. I was trying. To, I was going through my head. Okay, I'm going through the stars, and yeah, like you said offensive, defense, game in, game out. If you exclude, I mean, you put Jimmy and him right there as like. Absolutely, the absolutely. biggest stars. I, I ran through his numbers from the five games he played against the Clippers. You want to know what his average was for points? 33.4. 37.2. He averaged 37.2 points in this series. He averaged five rebounds a game, 6.4 assists. Man. This is the big one, too, for me, is 2.6 steals a game yep. and a block a game. And I feel like those steals came in. I think him and, and Paul, I, I, I think it was game two or game three, 
there was a stretch where there was I wish I'd written it down. There was about four minutes left in the in the game. Um, and the Clippers were starting to have a comeback. And I think Paul twice jumped passing lanes yep. on, on on Westbrook. Westbrook had they were fast breaks. We had missed shots. And it, it and I think we had maybe a two or three point lead. And yeah, and you really can tell with this team, they when they need to, they can ratchet down the defense. They don't do it all the time. Yeah, like when no, they it's not a consistent. When they need to, like they, they can, they can just lock down defense for 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 period. It's not they're hauling car, they're calling card. It's not what's going to win them games, but it's like they will go on stretches where it's like it just seems like they can. They're getting hands on every ball. They're yeah. they're getting blocks. It's so that is like a positive sign. You know, like okay, that's there when they need it. Exactly, and uh, so he had at least one steal in every single game. Yep, and he also had game three and four. He had three steals each. And in game one, he had four steals. So it's telling you that he is definitely stepping up on the defensive end. He's yeah. become a very good on-ball defender. And the other on the other side, we always knew he was very good offensively. He's taking his efficiency to another level because he scored all those points on like 50-60% shooting throughout the series. Wild. That is unheard of. Yep. So he literally is on another level. Yeah, he's playing he's playing okay, the Seattle picks is in, but like, so I want to come back and talk a little bit about that about his relationship with KD. Let's see. Oh, Witherspoon. Like Witherspoon. Interesting. Well, that is interesting because they they I have mean, that I one really good cornerback. Yes. This, like this past season. Oh, is that uh, Terry Woolen or something like that? Um and that they, I think they had that Kobe Bryant guy that they drafted. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think that they needed another cornerback. That's really, really interesting. I thought they would have gone edge there. Because they're, they're defensive backs. <laughs> yeah, they have Kobe Bryant, and they had... Was it Trey Brown? No, no, no. Yeah, Tariq Woolen. Tariq, yeah, Tariq Woolen. both those guys were good last year. He's very good, yes. That's really surprising. They went... That is a very, very, very surprising there. But they went receiver. Yeah, watching that highlight, I thought, jeez, this guy's a rocket. <laughs> All right, yeah, this kid's ridiculous. kid's gonna be good. He's got some good highlights. Okay. All, All right. right, so now the Lions are on the clock. I, I heard. Okay, so the Lions. I think they could go Tyree Wilson, and they pair him with Aiden Hutchinson, who they just drafted. I think that those yep. edge rushers would be a oh man nightmare. That would be a <laughs> dangerous duo. It was interesting because I had heard that. I had a lot of people say like, okay, if if Detroit, if Anthony Richardson was on the board, that they could have drafted him here, um, which would have been really interesting because it's a guy to sit behind Jared Goff for a couple of years because you gotta expect they're probably not thinking we're gonna be drafting this high anymore. Yeah. So maybe uh, I don't know. That's interesting. So okay. So what I want to talk about the Suns though. So I felt like and, and maybe it just needs to be the relationship. And, and Booker was on a was on a tear. I mean, but like man, I feel like there were times where Katie could have gotten involved more. Yes. And again, it didn't matter because obviously Booker was was scoring, so it was fine. But it's like I just there was times where I'm like, man, it book bring the ball was bringing the ball up. Not looking to pass, just dribbling, going to the basket. Where it's like, and Katie's obviously okay with it because we haven't heard any complaints. But it's there were times where I wish I was like, okay, 
there shouldn't really be a possession when Katie and Bolt don't touch the ball. Like, you gotta. And, and I know that the Clippers were also running a lot of doubles at Katie right when you get, especially early in the series. Yeah, it no. felt like he touches the ball and they're doubling. That that played a big part in it. But and maybe Denver won't do that. And I think you guys okay. You can't do that because Booker will just torch you. You can't really double either of them because if you double one, the other one's going to annihilate you. Well, and I, I think that's that's exactly what I, and along with a lot of other people, envisioned when we got Kevin Durant is you're not going to be able to double both of these guys. You're going to yeah. have to just pick one and hope the other one misses. Yep. And so I think that's part of the reason why Devin Booker's game is, is being uh, just launched into another stratosphere is because of the presence of Kevin Durant. Now... I think I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. I don't necessarily think that they both have to touch the ball every single trip, but I think that, that just the mere presence of, of both of them yeah. opens it up for either one. So as of like right now, I'm perfectly fine with Devin Booker still being the man. Yeah. And I, I know or I have that knowledge that Kevin Durant is still on the floor. And he can still do and that if he needs to. At a moment's notice, yep. he can hit that shot. So it's like, and, and we know this last game, Devin Booker had 10 assists. So he's a willing passer. Yeah, he's that's not, super true. There are times maybe where he really is is hounding his shot and he's really trying to, uh, to find his shot. And sometimes you can be like, all right, maybe you could have passed it there. But that's kind of what you get when you are the franchise player. You get the keys to the kingdom you yep. know, per se, and that's just, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I think just the mere presence that when they're both on the floor, it's really hard to to shut them both down. You can't. You can't. Um, talk about their depth a little bit. So, Torrey Craig, last game wasn't great, but his first four games, he was great. I mean, he was yeah, double-digit well, points. He played really well, so you got to hope that that stays a little bit. The auto campaign comes in, kind of spells a little bit more Chris Paul minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I know Denver's really good, but I just, I feel like the Suns just match up well with them. I think, yeah. I think the Suns match up really well with them. I don't, I think we still have enough bodies to throw at, at Jokic between Aiton and Bismack, and if you have to. Landell for throw, a few throw minutes. Jock in there. You could even throw KD there. I know KD obviously doesn't have the weight on him, but the length could still play a factor. Yep. Yep. So you Super. do have some options. Now the one thing, the other negative is, man, there were games where I don't know with, with DeAndre Ayton, man. There's sometimes where he looks so he he he's engaged and he's fired up, but I felt like maybe it was game two. There was times where man he. We would have a miss. Ball gets, ball gets rebounded by Eclipse, and it took him a full like felt like it felt like a second. It was probably half a second, but it felt like he was just so much slower than everyone else realizing yeah. what had just happened. Yes, and then getting back. Yes, he still struggles at times to when people feed him the ball inside. He still struggles to, to get the ball, securing and it. the ball and grabbing it. Yes, sometimes he goes down with it before he wants to go up, and it's like you allow people to get ready for blocks. Yes, and that drives me. It's like, dude, you're you're like seven feet tall, bro. Get up and just go up with the ball. I I played basketball back in junior high. One thing that our coach drilled into the center on our team. Now we were a small team. Our center was like six foot three. Yeah. So, I mean, we were a tiny team, bunch of guys that were like five foot nothing. The one thing he was always oh, drilling into the... Oh, Cardinals just traded. Oh, up. here we go. 
The Lions traded the pick to the Cardinals. Whoa, okay. Oh, <laughs> maybe they got a little bit of genius here. They picked up those extra picks, and now they're moving back now up to the oh, wow, to the number six okay. pick. So we are officially on the clock. Oh, and the pick is in. So they knew exactly who they wanted. I don't know if it's Wilson then coming. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at that actually. Wow. Okay, so okay. Let's see what uh, what uh, the details of that trade were. We'll get back to the Suns in just a second. Oh, here we go, right there. So we get the sixth overall pick. Let me get it. Oh, okay. And, and so we, we traded the, our our 12th, second rounder. We our twelve, yeah, the the one we got from the Texans. No, and no, that was the one. That was our second rounder. So we had the thirty third and the thirty fourth. Thirty third. Oh, yeah, was yes. Texans, I'm saying, so we yeah. So ours. we we gave him the twelfth that we got from the Texans and. And then our second, so we still have the second rounder. So we just gave up a second rounder for it. Okay, so Monty's pulling some strings. All right. Okay, so then who? So then then they they basically pulled that trade to get, what was it you said, the first rounder next year? First rounder next year. Kind of set us up. Yep, get us two first rounders. Maybe get two first round picks. Two first round picks next year. Yeah, I go Tyree Wilson here. Yeah. Because Witherspoon's off the board. Witherspoon's off. Here it is. It's Wilson. I mean, I. Oh, oh my what? gosh. Paris Johnson. That high. Wow. Uh, okay. Oh. I, I'm not sure. I think you probably still could have gotten him at 12. But I, I do see the logic that they that, that they did here in picking up extra picks and still getting the guy that they wanted, I guess. You get an extra pick next year and you But I really hope it's not a reach. Man, okay, so looking at, okay, so Vegas could have, in theory, drafted drafted a, tie, a, a tackle. Atlanta probably could have. I mean, I did, I did hear that this guy, this guy was the best overall tackle, best overall lineman prospect. So, I mean, he is, by all accounts, a good pick. I really just Man. hope that they didn't draft him just to appease Kyler. Yeah, and that, that that's the initial thought. The thing is, if I hadn't heard that rumor, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, cool. Good, we, good need, pick. we need All a right. tackle. We need any we, position. Offensive but, line help. But then you're like, man, did you, wish, did you miss? I mean, again, it's maybe just, hey, we need first rounders. We need more dudes. So if we get another first rounder next year, that gives us a couple more cracks at just getting the elite guys. Okay, so 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 did they try to sit there and package D-hop with somebody, something else and try to swing a trade for another first rounder? Paris Johnson Jr. Why does this feel like... Okay, hold on. There was a draft a few years ago where we drafted a, a tackle really high. It, and it wasn't the kid... It wasn't... Are you talking back in the day like Levi Brown? Was it... Was it yeah, yeah, just a horrible, horrible pick. And it was like, we drafted about this high. Yeah, it was within the top 10. And I don't know why, like... I just feel like this is that all over. I, I really hope it's not. Because, yeah, okay, so because we drafted Humphreys in the 20s. He's been a solid. Yeah. But, so you're going to put Paris Johnson, I guess, on the other side? You're going to keep Humphreys where he's at on left tackle and put Paris Johnson on right tackle? Yeah, let's see. Okay. Yeah. We drafted Levi Brown in yeah. the, uh, the fifth pick. That's what I was thinking of. Fifth so. overall. I mean, he played six years, but I just felt like he was just Oh, it was no. In terms of you know, fifth overall pick, and it just was a like dumpster fire. Like it just. 
especially considering some of the other players that were on the board yeah. at the time. It just, yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I know it's not a flashy pick. It's like, you know what, picking an, an, a lineman, it's like, eh. It's not a tackle. Most or, people, sorry, it's, not a, it's not a defensive end. Most people want to see the flashy picks, you know, the the, the skill positions, the playmakers. But, I mean, but if we, it ends up being solved, you need it. Whether it's Kyler or whether they draft someone else next year, you need. And if he can turn into an elite left tackle, like, that's what you need. Like, yeah. So, so, this guy's got the size. He's got the, the quickness, This you know, so... Hopefully it works out. Hopefully trying to be trying out. to be optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I was t- so I was talking about the the Suns here, and I like this matchup against the Nuggets. I, I the one thing that gives me pause about it is the home court advantage, and I know you har- you harped on this a little bit in one of the episodes. The Nuggets are really good at home. Very good. Thirty four and seven in the regular season. We were 17 and 24 on the road. Now we did just go and win a couple. We won both games in LA, so that's like proved that we can win on the road. Um, it's gonna be a different animal. I I don't want to not give the Nuggets the credit they deserve because I think a lot of people are not sold on them as the number one seed. That it's kind of just they're soft. Mm-hmm. Um. And how some of these teams, they didn't care about getting the number one seed, like the Lakers, like the Warriors. Um, they just wanted to get into the playoffs, and then that, that's when they knew it mattered. But I do still think we can take this series. It'd probably take it maybe six, seven games. Um, I think at least six. I, I, I don't necessarily see a sweep or maybe even five games. Yeah, everything's going to be a lot more competitive. I think... A six-game series obviously works best if if we if we're winning that that's best for us because it, we finish on our home court. Um, definitely don't see a sweep either way, and I don't really see. Yeah, I think six or seven games. Let's see. So we played um we lost one twenty-eight to one twenty-five in overtime. Yeah, that was the Christmas Day game, I think. That was Christmas Day, and that was yep. in. Denver, I think. I think, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was in Denver. It was. So, I mean, we played them really close then. Then we got smoked by them, uh, like, 15 days later in Denver again. But uh, but that was, we had nobody. We had, if you're looking at this, uh, minutes leader was Mikel Bridges. Mikel played 30 minutes. Dwayne Washington Jr. is not even on the team. Josh Okogie, yeah. Bismack, Tor- I mean... So you had no one playing. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of stock we can put into the season series because I, the two, the first two games, and I, I think I remember hearing this on the radio. The first game, the Christmas Day game, was when Devin Booker got injured. I think you're he right. Only, he only played a few minutes in the game, and then the second game, he was still out at that at that point because it was only like two weeks later, mm-hmm. three weeks later, and then the last two games they didn't have Jokic. The Nuggets already kind of had the first seed like kind of secured so they didn't they didn't really have much to play for yeah looking at that the second to last game they played Jokic didn't play um and I remember I think this game was yeah 93 yeah I remember this game because it was a close game and they only had Aaron Gordon I mean really if you're looking at who played it's Gordon DeAndre Jordan Bruce Brown Jr. Rich Jackson you didn't have a lot of guys playing um and in the very last game same thing it's Reggie Jackson DeAndre Jordan, 
So we really haven't seen these two teams haven't played each other with like their full slate of guys. Everyone has everyone healthy and they're playing. So it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really fun series. I still think we can come out of it and win. Yeah, I. I'm... And depending on what happens in the other two series, I think this could be the hardest matchup we have left until potential finals. And again, it's. I know I said before that like okay, it's finals or bust. I think if we make it. The thing is, I think if we beat Denver, I would be really bummed if we couldn't make it to the finals. Just looking yes. at who's over there on the other side, who's coming out. Like I know if it's the Lakers, it's tough. It's it's LeBron, it's AD. See, and I I almost I almost don't fear the Lakers like that. No, I don't either. I I much more fear the Warriors than I do the Lakers because I think the Lakers. I think now with KD, we match up so much better with them. Yep. And I just don't see that being a series at all. The Warriors one is the one that, so getting past them, if we get past the Nuggets, if we see the Warriors on the other side of the bracket, I'm going to be a little nervous, but I also want that challenge. Like, I want to see that we can do it and beat those guys. Yep. So Raiders pick Raiders again. Raiders picking at seven now. All right. You're, you're paying attention to this one, aren't you? Yep. Wilson. Okay, so Wilson goes there. So they get their edge, huh? Get their edge. Put them on the op- opposite side of Chandler Jones. Yep. Gets, gets to learn from Chandler Jones oh, for a couple boy. years. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not. Not disappointed with. Maybe it. that turns him into a Pro Bowl player. Hope so. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, for me, the most the, the team I fear the most out of that bracket, I fear the Grizzlies. And I don't know if the Lakers are beating the Grizzlies, but man, I just feel like they we would have a hard time with the Grizzlies with how young they are and how they push the pace a lot and i think it's like the clippers just better better talent i think they have with between jaw dylan brooks getting under people's skin um jaron jackson jr i I think they're just a younger version than the clippers but if we could if we played golden state and we were to beat them i think that's just a huge confidence boost because it's like okay those are the defending champs those dudes are still great players they're still elite guys Again, it's all dependent. I feel pretty good, though, if we can get past the Nuggets, that we should be able to get past whoever we see on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, at least at least that's the, that's the expectation. I mean, yeah. um, I'm actually almost under the impression that the Lakers are going to win that series. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think that ESPN and the NBA kind of has a thing. They want the Lakers to win. They like want. I said before, they obviously want the Lakers-Warriors matchup like that. Yep. For ratings for the league, that's just the matchup they would want. Um, but I don't necessarily. I know the Kings are good. I don't know that I fear them as much either. No, because their defense is so bad. It's mostly just they're just trying to outscore you, kind of thing. They're trying to outscore you, and their defense is so bad. I'm like, ah, yeah, I think we could outscore them. I think between Book and KD, I think we could outscore them. Yeah. So between them, and then you got the Warriors, Lakers, and. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, if we get past the Nuggets, I would at that point I would say okay, now it needs to be finals or bust. Like yeah, it's I, almost yeah, it's almost as if like we get beat by the Nuggets in a competitive series. I almost feel better about that than us getting past the Nuggets and then getting beat by LA or Golden State because it's, in theory it's like I feel like we should be able to beat one of those two teams. The Nuggets, I think it's understandable if we lose to them. Yeah, well, and here's the other part of that is up to this point. Our bench has been atrocious. Yeah. 
they have not been scoring at the rate that they did in the regular season. You know, obviously the playoffs, the, the pressure gets ratcheted up yep. a lot. Our bench has not been showing up, and we've had to rely on our starters a lot. Mm-hmm. If our bench were to start showing up a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Giving a little bit more edge or a little bit more rest to our starters. Yep. That would be huge because that would be something that other teams were looking at in the first round and saying, oh, they had to play their starters for so long. This is where we're going to attack them. But then our bench steps up. Now, hopefully a lot of that gets um, a little kind of a, a spark or an injection with campaign kind of getting back into into the rotation. Yeah, he played a few minutes that last game. He's such a hot and cold type yeah. player. So sometimes it gives me a little bit of pause. But I know that when we've seen him at, when he's good, he's a spark off the bench. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think it'd be nice to get the bench going just a little bit more. Get get can't get someone in double digits, ten points, but then more just the minutes. Just being able to spell a few extra minutes here and there on guys. Um, okay, so I want to move on. Unless you have any other lingering thoughts, I want no, to. No, I'm good. East. Go for it. So, like we said earlier. Two dudes, if you had to vote MVP playoffs right now, you probably are picking Jimmy Butler. I'd have to give it to Butler, yeah. With how bad the Heat looked and then how he just took over. And the Bucks, in theory, by, I mean, I think by odds, by Vegas odds, by record, best team in the league, and he beats him in five. And he's doing, I mean, it's absolutely insane. He had the energy that guy put out. They lose Hero. Their best, their best yep. shooter, yeah, gone. Uh, Victor Oladipo, Oladipo. getting it. not who he was, but a good. Just another. I, I would love to have Victor Oladipo yeah. healthy on the side. Coming off, coming off the bench, yeah. Absolutely. So they, he loses those two dudes, and he still comes back, and they beat, and they beat the Bucks. And really, that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm looking in the future, but like, kind of, I was thinking like, the Bucks are just not a great matchup for the Suns, and now they're gone. And now the yeah. Heat are playing the Knicks. Like that's also wild. <laughs> that was that. I also saw. Yeah, because I, I remember we, we talked about th- us seeing the Knicks Cavs series potentially going six or seven. I did not see the Knicks really just hammering the Cavs like that. That yeah. was something weird to see. Uh, maybe they're just catching fire at the right time. Yep. Um, I do think with the whole play-in tournament, I think this is what the NBA envisioned yeah seeing the heat do this to the bucks now some people will say yeah the play-in's not necessarily fair because you get you get teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs another opportunity that they didn't capitalize in the regular season in, in getting that, that position but i do think that it, it it provides so much of that wild card to where something like this can happen where the the, the Miami Heat gain that 8 seed and then come in and just knock the number 1 team in the entire NBA out of the playoffs. And then you're almost seeing it in the West too where with the Lakers have the have the Grizzlies on the ropes. Yep. It's so I mean, I think this is exactly what they envisioned putting the play-in tournament as a standard format because it just adds to the excitement. Um yeah, it yeah. definitely it definitely does. I think I mean, Jimmy Butler's been amazing. The Knicks obviously caught fire and played so well. And now the East is really where I think people thought, okay, it's a Boston, it's it's going to be a Boston, Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals. It's like not saying I think Boston still should make it, but they're I mean, 
Trey played a great game. They're playing game six in Atlanta, so yeah, it's not t- even... That's tonight, right? Yeah, that's tonight. that's tonight. So it's not even like you have a guarantee. Let's see. That's tonight right now, and Atlanta's up 50-46, to 46, going 50 to into 46? seven minutes into the second. Can you imagine if Atlanta wins this one and then they end up having to go to game seven? Yeah. I mean, realistically, that's Boston's worst nightmare because, because Absolutely. Joel's had all this time now to recover. He's yep. just healing up, getting their... Boston, they are praying they can close tonight. Because even then, I mean, man, they would have lost two games in a row. And yeah, they're playing game seven in Boston, but that can't feel great against a team they really were dominating the first two games. Oh, absolutely. I, I I thought through the first two games. Oh, hold on. Here, the Falcons, Falcons pick is in. They're going to go. Falcons up. picking at eight, right? They're going to go that other tackle. Where did they go? Bijan right here. Bijan called it. Just called it. That's what they go Bijan here. Wow. Bijan Robinson. Man, they're so massive. I mean, they have Kyle Pitts, huge tight end. Drake London, massive receiver. Bijan's a huge running back. I think the Falcons could be a team to watch. They're just a a quarterback away. They are. Desmond Ritter. Kind of, yeah, I had some, some flashes here and there, but... They could be a team to watch. They get the right quarterback there. They, yep. they, they could be dangerous. They could be. I think they could be. I really think that's good. a good pick. I, I honestly think this kid's going to be a stud. Yeah. 5'11". He's a, he's a Valley product, I thought. I think, too. Uh, Bijan Robinson. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, Sal, think. I think he's Tucson, or was he... Did he go to South Point? South Point, I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's from, yeah, it's from Tucson. And he went to South Point Catholic High in South Tucson. South Point Catholic, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of a couple of Valley kids this year. That's you have crazy. him, and then you have um, that Keely Ringo from. Uh, he's from Georgia. He he played at Saguaro, I believe. Yep, Saguaro out in Phoenix. Is that where that is? Where's I thought it was either Scottsdale, Phoenix, somewhere in there, between. Scottsdale, yeah, out in Scottsdale. Yes, yeah, so two two Valley kids gonna be drafted wow. this year. First round is most Arizona likely. Arizona representing. Yeah. All right, so the Eagles are on the clock, and oh, it looks like their pick is in already. So I, I, I bet you Jalen Carter goes right here. Uh, the Eagles kind of—they were in that position where it's like they—I mean, obviously every team has needs, but the Eagles kind of have a position where they just take just maybe the best Bowl. available. We can get best available. Yeah. Um, they weren't specifically tied to any one position, so. No, I, yeah, I could see him definitely going. Maybe they go Jalen Carter and take Jaylen a chance Carter. on him. Yep. And if he ends up working out, then that's great. All the better. They just take a flyer on him. Okay. Well. Jeez. All sure. right. Well, back to so back to the Eastern Conference here. Um, I think everyone kind of saw the Sixers Nets series playing out the way it did. Yep. I don't. Clean I don't sweep. think anybody gave the Nets. I mean, maybe not a sweep, but maybe they put up a little bit more of a fight. But everyone saw the Sixers winning that one. That was pretty much a given. Um, yeah, and I think if you look at just looking at Boston real quick, just going back to that series, so they won one twelve to ninety nine first game, one nineteen one oh six, solid wins. Hawks come back, beat them by eight, one thirty one twenty two. Celtics come back, beat them one twenty nine twenty one, and then obviously a couple of nights ago it's one nineteen one seventeen. And oh wait a minute, I'm I'm seeing oh okay so the, hold on the Eagles had the number ten pick. They traded up to, up with the Bears to get the number nine pick. 
Oh, you're right. They did. They swapped. I, I was just seeing that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Chicago traded with, with Carolina, and that put Chicago at nine, but they That's ended up just swapping. Maybe they were worried that... Chicago was going to take the guy they wanted, so they're kind of like, cool. Yeah, I guess that's the thought process. Chicago must like two guys of the same and be like, cool, like either or, like we don't mind who. Yeah, good catch on this. Let's see. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So they traded the number 10 pick. So they swapped first rounders, swapped one spot each. Okay. And they gave up a fourth rounder next year just to move up one spot. That's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, I guess they must have seen something where they did not want Chicago getting this guy, so. Oh no! Okay, so hold on. So, so there was actually more. So that actually, there was more to the Arizona trade than initially was said. So the Cardinals, Ooh, okay. the the Cardinals gave up this. They gave up the twelfth pick, the thirty fourth pick, and the hundred and sixty eighth pick. So that's what that's like fifth rounder. Uh, yeah, somewhere in there probably. Um, and then they got the sixth pick, and then the eighty first overall pick. Okay, so that'd be a third rounder there. So if that, yeah, so a fifth. So that's probably going to be a fifth rounder, and yeah, a third rounder. So, so, we, so we get a third rounder. So we got the sixth pick and a third rounder, and gave up the first. The, our first pick this year swap, and gave up a second rounder and a fifth rounder. Okay. Okay, I can get down with that. Yeah, that's I can get yeah, down with that. That's all right. I mean, you're moving up essentially to the. We still have two. We have a, so we still have our second round pick, and again another third rounder. It's better hit rate on third rounders and fifth rounders, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, literally just the Bears traded back just to pick up another fourth round pick. pick. Up a fourth rounder, and again, mm-hmm. again, they must have had two, three guys that they're like, cool. If any of these guys come, we we haven't. Yeah. So yeah. equal grade on all of them, and the Eagles say we, we really like this guy, so we do not want you to draft them. But man, right. if it's if it is Jalen Carter, then I would be surprised because I just don't see the Bears. I mean, maybe the Bears would have drafted him. But you got to feel like just with some of the issues that he had surrounding him, that they still a young team, a young a team with maybe not the best leadership. Yeah, they wouldn't have drafted him. They would draft maybe like a veteran team would would take a chance on him. And so you got to think like, well, he, or maybe Chicago was getting offers from other people though. That's what you don't know. Was Chicago was someone else? Yeah, college Chicago saying, behind hey, the we scenes. Want to move up, and Eagles hear that and go, okay, no, we're going to move up. So not necessarily the guy Chicago will draft, but. Someone a few picks later. Jumps just, up Chicago just leveraged it and said, "Hey, yep. these guys are calling us. They want to move up. What are you going to give me?" All right. So here's the pick for the Eagles. Jalen Carter, yeah. Carter. There it is. Yeah. So they, they both kind of figured that. I wonder if the Eagles in Chicago tell them, "Hey, we're getting calls about Jalen Carter about moving up," and they decide, "Hey, okay, we don't want to lose out." By one pick, we'll give up a fourth rounder to get it. Yeah, yeah, and and that, that may be may may very well be a very smart pick. Yeah, a very smart decision. I, I think people had him as the number one player just on on skill, not maybe obviously Overall everything talent. else yeah. that happened, but just talent. Number one dude. So getting him at nine, I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's going to be. Yeah, they're yeah, going they're through kind of his, the issues that he had. His little timeline, yeah. And then the whole thing with showing up to the uh, his pro day, pro day overweight, gassing. He's had a whole lot of issues, or you know, a lot of things <clears throat> drummed up before the draft. But yep. still goes top ten. Oh, it looks like the Bears pick is already in. So the, so the Bears, so they, they knew who they wanted. They, to get. Like you said, they had a couple guys in there on their radar. They're like, you know what, we could take either one of them. So 
I would be surprised if it's not Skaransky right now because just how much. Now I want to blank on his name. I was just thinking Jalen Carter, um, the Bears quarterback. I'm, <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Get part. some protection for him. Get some protection for him. I mean, or do they go receiver here, try to get him a weapon? I I would think that. I mean, as of right now on the on the board, they're saying that this Christian Gonzalez, the corner at Oregon, is the highest ranked, and then they have Peter Skaronski next, and then Will Levis is third. I obviously they're not going quarterback, so they're. Yeah, maybe they go one of these tackles, they, or yeah. they go the cornerback route. I guess we'll see here. Because the, after these two tackles, a lot of the picks coming up are defensive. Yeah, a lot of defensive guys, and then you'll have you will eventually during this round, and I don't think we'll get there with this pod, but you will have a run on on some of these receivers because you have Jackson Smith and Jigma, Jackson Smith and Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison and the kid out of TCU, um, that Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson, Johnson or something like Quentin that. Johnson. Yeah. So you have you have those four who are probably all projected first rounders. So I think you'll get a little run on those. And then you also have a couple of tight ends. Yep, you, you got the Dalton Kincaid, Kincaid out of Utah, and then this Michael Meyer from Notre Dame. Yep. So and they're and they're good pass catching tight ends. So yes, and well, and the big guy was too was the kid out of Georgia. Who I don't think they yeah. thought was as good of a pass, pure pass catching. He was just but he's a like big an extra dude. line, and he's. I was watching this these highlights of the at the combine of guys of the tight ends pushing the sled, um, and it was showing. I think Dalton Kincaid was one, Michael um, Myers was the other, and it was they were kind of pushing it, and it was okay. But then this guy, Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Yeah. I mean, the dude just obliterated the sled. Looked like a lineman. Yeah. But they said he can catch. He's just fast. He wasn't even the number one tight end on Georgia. That was Brock Bowers. Yeah. But I think people like, okay, like he's still not bad. So I mean, he's kind of another name you kind of throw into that that mix. Yeah. No. You know. You know who I think could be an underrated prospect here, and I know he, he's still kind of rated high. But this the Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, running back. Yeah, I wonder. There hasn't been a while that running. I think that I think it's been forever since two running backs go first round. And yeah, I, and I kind of hear like he's another guy who could probably get into the end I, of the end of the first. I just have a thing with this like Alabama running backs. I mean, in the league right now, Derrick Henry, you yep. got Najee Harris. Yep. Back back then, you had Josh uh, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. You had Mark Ingram for a little bit back when he yep. was when he first got drafted. These Alabama running backs, these guys are workhorses. Now, I know obviously they got a lot of usage in college, but I think he could be a very good player. Well, when you think about it, like even Kenyon Drake went to yeah, Alabama. Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs is Alabama. I mean, we won't talk about like Lacey, uh, but, or Trent Richardson, okay, that's too, too, too rough. Hits. But yeah, Mark Ingram, Najee Harris, um, Derrick Henry, guys are all playing great in the league. Real contributors. So uh, I'm, the reason why I'm looking at that, I'm, I'm looking at at where Gibbs is on the board, and he's gonna be kind of right around that where that second round pick was for the Cardinals. Ah, but you know what? What's really interesting is so I do agree that it would, I think it would be a decent pickup, but I think if you look at who's at the end of the at the end, you have Minnesota. Who yeah. here might be kind of souring on Cook? And, and you, have, you have the Bengals who want Mixon to take a pay cut, and maybe they go, "Cool, we'll draft Gibbs, and we'll just cut you." Yeah, I, we, I can see that happening. So I think you have a couple options where it's like, 
you might have some dudes who teams who might be looking at getting a running back. So so in that if that were to happen at that point is Jordan Addison off the board and do the Cardinals have him on their radar? That would be really nice. So cuz cuz I think they have Jordan Addison kind of going at the tail end of the first, first. round like that's kind of or early second round, but I know obviously the Cardinals have one of those top picks in the second round. That I mean if we could get if we could come out of this draft with Hopefully, the in Paris Johnson Jr., the left tackle of the future, and I don't think I don't think any of the receivers this year are like your number number one receivers, but I think all of them are really really solid solid number two receivers. Yeah, I think if you could get one of those guys, if you could get both of those, that's a great. I mean, that's a great first two rounds. Great first two rounds. Yep, I guess we're gonna see. It looks like the Chicago Bears pick is in here. Darn all right, okay, right. So tackle, okay. Okay, so he was actually a little further down on the board. Yeah. So the next what I'm looking at here. Wow. Okay. The next big pick I want to see, and then we'll be we'll be wrapping up this pod here in a sec. Like I said, we weren't getting through the whole draft, but I do want to see Tennessee. I just want to see if they decide to draft Will Levis. Yeah, and they're picking oh, yeah. next because uh, because I know they had the whole thing with they're willing to move on from uh, Tannehill. Yep. And then apparently we're shopping around with Derrick Henry. And so you got to. I mean, you look at are they, they like, going to like? Are they going to overhaul or are they just going to? Rebuild, completely rebuild. I mean, maybe Detroit drafts him as well, but I don't. I don't think Detroit. I know people said they should come out of this draft with a with a quarterback, but I don't think Will Levis is the guy you come out with thinking like he's the guy of the future. He's really dropping. <laughs> yep, he is really dropping. I mean, all that, that speculation leading up to the draft, where there was there were rumors that he was going to be number one overall, number one, number two, and it's. <laughs> Clearly number four. Here um, we are, number eleven, and he still hasn't. He's still on the board. Yep. Titans have their pick in, huh? So then, just to, to wrap up some of the NBA stuff. So the Knicks obviously be in. So that that Heat Knicks series is going to be really interesting. I think, assuming Boston makes it through. Let's see what's, what's the score. I know that Boston game. Boston Atlanta right now. Boston's up 68-67 with 14 seconds left in the in the second quarter, so pretty much tied at the half. You got to think between Boston and and I don't think Boston's scared of 76ers. Boston feels they're probably feeling, hey, now know, that, obviously Miami's weird that they just beat, but like they probably feel really good about making it out of the East. Now that Milwaukee's out of the yep. picture, I think yep. yeah, I think Boston's probably got to feel pretty good about that. And then, but if Boston was to again projecting super far up. If we were to get out of the West and Boston was the didn't get out of the East, I really like whoever we're playing out of the I East. I would really like the, our chances, absolutely. Boston, you feel like that's a tough matchup. That's a really and again, I think we need to get past Denver. You don't overlook them or anything, but I think if you get out and anyone else but Boston sit in there, you feel great because before it was okay. You don't really want to see the Bucks and Boston's not that great of a matchup. Anyone else is fine. Yeah. So it's like, man, if you could just Boston was a trip up somewhere. I would feel. I think we'd feel great. I think the Suns fans. I think the Suns would feel like we had a real shot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, everything's on paper here, and it's it's on paper. The matchups look great. Obviously, you know, coming into the Clippers series on ma- on paper, the matchup looked great. Yeah, and it's like yeah, even with Kawhi, I think we could still we could still do it. Well, they gave us a run for our money without Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, without Kawhi and so, without Paul George. But I think that's more of a credit to. The players on the team buying into the philosophy of the coach, where 
they really trusted in their coach and trusted that he was putting him in positions to be successful, they really gave us their best shot. It, it had us sweating a lot. <laughs> yeah, every game, there was definitely moments where it's like, man, are we going to lose this game? Or is it like... I think be able to steal one, and then just weirdness happens if they can steal one from us. And that, that's kind of what I was thinking about this last this closeout game. Yeah, being up by as much as we were, and having them storm back in the last little bit. I'm like, what is happening right now? I was like, we cannot lose this game because then yep. we, we lose that, we go back to LA. They've got momentum. It could have very easily gone to a game seven. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like whenever you're up three one and you're the home team. You, you need to close it out because you just you don't want to have that well now we lost like what Boston's dealing with we lost now we go to yeah. Atlanta we go to LA yes you gotta win the game there they're gonna be fired up okay you lose that now it's a one game winner take all like not not the ideal so I'm glad we closed out I'm glad our guys are getting healed, getting rested again especially just how many minutes we played you give these dudes few days off get everyone just whatever bumps bruises but again just hey rest on their legs get kd cp3 older guys need to rest give more time for campaign to get healthy hopefully get back in the rotation yeah give us at this point gives us give us 15 minutes 15 minutes a game where you're just able to to rest guys yeah yep uh, showing here that the Titans pick is in. I think we'll uh, we'll see what they do here, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. But I, I don't know how you feeling about the Cardinals draft so far. What we what the, the move the moves they pulled off. I like getting a first rounder next year. I think that's great. I think having two first rounders again. I think we're gonna have a really high pick. I don't know how good Houston's gonna be. So you, I would assume we'd have two picks in the top half of the draft. If I hadn't read that report about Paris Johnson, I would feel so much better about it. But just knowing that, like, yeah. But here's the thing, though, too. Actually, so it was it was positive negative. It's like, man, are they doing it to make Kyler happy? I don't think so, but who knows? Yeah. But he did he did do suggestions on two other players in the past two drafts, like first round tackles who are both great now. The kid, the kid that was in Tampa, I can't remember his name. There's offensive tackle in Tampa who's really great, and another guy. Yeah. And they and he said like. It was like written down that he said he liked these dudes pre-draft, and they're both great left tackles. So it's like, well, maybe Kyle knows what he's looking maybe, for. Then. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's yeah, high. maybe there is some merit there. I, I like the point that you brought up about the Texans. There's probably not, or the, the the odds are that they're not going to be a good team this next year. I mean, barring these rookies coming in and just helping the team get turned around, you know, quickly. So I think you brought up a good point as maybe potentially we have two top 10 picks this next year that would be huge because assuming that our year is going to be terrible and also assuming that the texans aren't going to turn around that fast maybe there is some uh some genius behind the move that they pulled i guess just all we have to do is just wait and see yep wait and see but i think and again it's the first pick so it's not there's obviously a lot left to go in the draft but I was kind of hoping if it wasn't when when they started moving back and making trades, if it wasn't going to be Will Anderson Jr., then I kind of hoped they were going to look at the offensive line just because it's it feels yeah. like our offensive line is older. Um, Which and I think I remember seeing that like four out of the or three out of the five were going to be free agents this year. 
Yeah, yeah. So they I mean, they they definitely needed to look at the line. The line was always has always been a problem, and it's mm-hmm. just been a patchwork of players the past few years. And honestly, with an offensive lineman, like even if our season's not great, they can have an individually good season and like grow from it. Where it's not like, yeah, man, yeah, Bijan or receiver didn't catch any balls. It's like, yeah, yeah. tackle, we can suck, and he can still be great. And definitely, well, here's the Titans pick here. Oh, the yeah. tackle. Oh, the tackle. So Levis is falling. He's, he's dropping big time. He's dropping big time. Wow. Ooh. Wow. You have to wonder. All right. See, I see, and I never, I didn't, I didn't ever think that he was, I didn't think he was that good of a prospect to go that high. So I think a lot of, I, I think there was just, I mean, I know I listened to a lot of Mel Kiper, and he really liked him. He really, really liked him, and so I think it was just a lot of people. I think you had some really high profile. Draft evaluators really like Will Levis, and yeah. maybe that pushed him up. But teams were just looking at like, because I remember the, there was the old Miss game where they were down, and he went down, and he f- was trying to run and fumbled, and then threw a pick like the next series, and the game was over. Like, yeah, he definitely. And I know he lost a lot of guys. His team wasn't the same, but I feel like he made a lot of just bad mistakes, like bad yeah. game killing mistakes. And dude drinks coffee and mayonnaise, so the guy yeah, should not I get saw that. I'm like, oh. that alone should kick you out of the first round. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> oh well, all right. Well, we're over the next couple of days. We're going to be seeing a little bit more of what the Cardinals are going to do in their draft, but uh, hopefully, we're on the right track. Hopefully, uh, I, my first impression right now, I think the Texans did a really good job. Yep, on I their. Agree. I think this year they're saying we're going to turn this around. And I think having their head coach, D'Amico Ryans, who was a really good linebacker for a long time, I think he he would probably be really good for for Will Anderson. But I just I really hope uh I really hope it doesn't he doesn't turn out to be a Hall of Fame player and we could have had him, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, I think right now you're looking at Houston is probably the, the winners of the draft. They're, so they're, at least for the first round. First, first round they've they done really well. So All right. Well, should we close this up? Yeah, let's close it up. So, hey, we appreciate everyone who's been giving us a follow, listening. We, we see the numbers. It's awesome. It's, we're, it's just it's just encouraging for me just seeing people listen. It just makes me just excited. It makes me want to keep doing it, do it more often. I know our, our schedule's been a little bit crazy. We're going to keep trying to tighten that up, get podcasts more out. But we kind of wanted to put a weight on this one because just Sun Series was ending. Wanted to kind of get a wrap-up of that. Be able to do it with the draft, which has kind of been a, a really kind of fun experience. Um, but we'll be back next week for sure. The Suns will be in the playoffs with the Nuggets. That series will be well underway. Also have be able to come back, kind of wrap up the NFL, see how we did. Yeah. If D-Hop isn't traded at any point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see D-Hop getting traded in some of these later rounds of the draft. Maybe they swing another trade. But yeah, yeah I, I guess will, we'll see. And I will say, too, I've heard – if all these receivers go, maybe there's a team who needs a receiver who decides, okay. Yeah. Everyone's gone. Let's Some get post-draft here. clarity, maybe. Oh, they just took Whoa. Gibbs. No way. I was literally talking about Whoa. him. That's a surprise. The Lions at 12 picked Jameer Gibbs. He was way down there. Like, he was beginning a second round. That's two running backs in the top 12. That's... Got some breaking news here, people. Wow, that that's actually stunning. That is the first actual surprise of the draft here. I mean, maybe it's a huge reach. Yeah, 
Because he is a little bit undersized. He's undersized. I mean, he's only five nine, but he's super shifty. Like he is very versatile. Wow, that is a huge reach. God, I'm glad we can say that because that's wild. Like, I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. Jeez. All right. Well, hey, everybody. That's yeah. (laughs) We we better get out of here. But go for that one. But. Hey, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Yes, Just a 100%. couple of a couple of old geezers talking sports. So, but yeah, follow us. We're on all the major platforms for your podcast. So give us a follow, give us a review, uh, shoot us an email off the bench with bnd at gmail.com. Instagram off the bench bnd. So let us know. Let us know how you think the cards did. Let us know how you think the cards the Suns are doing in the in the playoffs. Kind of what you're hoping for, what you've been seeing. Let us know. We'll be more than happy to answer questions on there on the next pod and and talk a little bit more about it awesome thanks guys thanks for the listens yeah thanks everybody